Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is episode 40. It is. And And more importantly than that, it's the final installment of the Dale. The the big con. Yes. And I I say it's episode 40 because I know you don't like me saying what episode number we're on. (laughs) But if we'd been married for 40 years, it would have been a really big deal. So episode 40... (laughs) We're all set. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm really excited that it's that we've been doing this for this long. So yeah, it's been 40. six months It'd probably be, that we've been going on. Uh, longer, like eight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been like eight months. Well, there you go. Time yeah, flies. It's been good. So, um, and thank you for everyone who has been tuning in. Maybe not for the last eight months, but um, <laughs> we're excited if you're a new listener or one of the OGs. So onwards with the big con. Yes, and speaking of cons, if there's somewhere you don't want to be conned, I recommend you check out our I, friends. I, I see at, what you did there. Yeah, yeah, what I did there. Uh, I, re- I recommend you check out our friends at South Central Imports. They've been in business since 1976, and they won't con you because they have the integrity and honesty. Chad and those guys over there, they're all great guys, and they're an exclusive Volkswagen Audi shop, so they're going to be the ones who know those cars inside and out, and that's where you should take your car for work to be done. You can find them on Facebook, of course, at SCI Performance. Otherwise, give them a call, 612-722-8897. I wish you guys could see Jake's face as he reads these ads because he's pretty uh, visual. Is, is, if he sounds into it on uh, in audio, you can just see his face. He's he's super, super into it. So I'm um, into South Central Imports. He, he is. So I'm gonna. I was gonna do a little bit of. Can we do a little bit of a recap? I was just gonna ask Why don't for you that because re- I don't. I don't remember. You recap for me. Okay. So uh, Dale is an individual who had designed a car back in the gas crunch days, 1970s. Yep. And it was basically a three wheeled car based off of a motorcycle. Yep. And he was trying to get it kind of jumpstart and going as a business model and we had someone who approached him right and her name was liz carmichael liz. and if i remember correctly that wasn't actually a real name she had some weird name that she Gerald, went by liz geraldine or something geraldine like elizabeth that was it so liz was um basically what we're going to learn a con woman who promised him all this money and actually got all of this funding from other investors to get this project going yeah and we left off uh last week basically the car the car is a sham at the car is a sham we found out and they've been going on didn't you say like he went on the tonight show like it was like it it was a big deal he wasn't on the tonight show but they talked about it on the tonight show okay it was on the cover of people magazine i mean that's right it was in newspapers it was a pretty big deal there was millions of dollars that are just it's they were that's basically gone Right, so, that's so millions of at. dollars of investment coming in for this car it's a big deal everyone's waiting for it and here we are at part three. Part three. All right. So we've been reading a little bit of a book, which I, uh, it's a book by a guy named Richard, who was his friend for of 10 years. Okay. Um, so Dale's friend Richard wrote a book about this yeah, whole ordeal. The, the Dale Carr thing. So there you go. Um, so I'm going to start kind of uh, with, with the passages from his book. We've got a couple this episode. Sure. The odor created by a blending of fraud, greed, and swindle emanating from the offices and showroom of the 20th Century Motor Car Company in Sino, California was beginning to attract attention. Up to this time, you just interrupt me whenever you want. For well, I, I, I'll interrupt you there and ask, what does fraud smell like? <laughs> Didn't he say the odor of it probably, fraud? It probably smells like the guy that farted but won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fraud! <laughs> Up to this time, the average outsiders who had a financial stake or curiosity about the Dale car were not yet aware that they were involved in a full-scale fleecing. 
Which was a lot of people by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a, l- lot, a lot of money being invested. A lot of money, millions of dollars. I mean, there was a couple thousand people waiting, you know, this is in a, in a very Tesla-esque kind of way yeah. with deposits down on the cars, stuff like that. This began to change, beginning with Liz herself. When newspapers reported that Liz was six feet tall and between 175 and 200 pounds and pretty tough talking. Having met her, I would have to agree with their assessment. She would leave people with the impression that she was not only a genius, but in charge of everything and also the mastermind. Well, and what I remember from a previous episode in Love About Liz is she basically sold it so hard that she was the perfect person to invest on this car because right. she held like all the patents and had all this experience. Yeah. And, you know, the old Rebuilt adage, engines, if, it, it? if it seems too good to be true, uh, usually, Liz was too good to be true. Too good to be true. Um, she would leave people with the impression, oh, sorry, a little investigating revealed the town where she claimed to be born had never heard of her. The same results <laughs> came from the colleges that she supposedly attended. I suppose all this misinformation can be the result of Liz refusing to reveal her middle name. Newsp- Wait, I thought Liz was her middle name. I, her maiden name. Oh, my maiden bad. Name. Maiden okay. name. Newspaper articles started to produce suspicions among interested parties and fired up a fraud investigation. Which Uh-oh. in turn caused a local television reporter to sink his teeth into the Dale swindle. By this time, Dale was well aware that his dream was headed for the infernal reaches. This guy, this guy's poor writing. Dale. Poor Dale. Time, along with the unveiled truth, joined forces, and it was about to run Liz up a tree. That's where Dale found her as he entered her, entered her offices in Encino, California. I was going to say, wait, li- like literally, she was up a tree. <laughs> That's where Dale found her. This guy's writing is a little purple i guess i would say it was during this confrontation he became aware that she was making plans to move the entire operation to texas which we had kind of touched on a little bit last week okay um, so basically we have uh we have dale's finally starting to get it he's wigging out right yeah um so after this big confrontation she's like get the fuck out of here at the office so he hightails it over to the to the warehouse where things are being assembled and built quote, supposedly quote unquote built well, right they were Building things, things like two by four bumpers and <laughs> wheels screwed on to, to wood and, and uh, plywood panels and stuff like that. Um, but before he could get over there, Liz had already called Uh-oh. and they wouldn't let him in. Oh, so geez. he was locked out. So things were turning ugly pretty fast. And soon after that, um, well, first of all, many of the employees were convicts. Okay. So she hired ex-cons to work at at like to build the car and stuff like that. So they weren't like real engineers working there. Um, They were, they were ex convicts. And uh, one thing that really started to kick off the entire legal investigation is one of them shot their PR guy. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so they had a PR guy that was like dealing with the media and, and somebody shot and killed them that worked there. So once that happened, the I think the, the authorities were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We better peek behind the curtain here. Yeah, what gotta, is going on? So the PR person was shot and killed. Okay. Um, this is kind of what really rocked Dale's world, um, where he, he'd been working, still working okay. on the car. So this is all over a period of time. I'm not sure. I tried to find out like what period of time this actually happened, Yeah, but I, I couldn't figure it out. So he's been working uh, remotely from home. I was going to say, Liz must have been very good at like siloing things. You know what I mean? Car- compartmentalizing yeah. Dale in one area and saying, everything's Absolutely. good, you keep working. Yep, yep. And all the ex-cons are over here like just basically putting on a show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is really where it all falls apart. So this is another excerpt from the book. The Saturday after the whole thing blew up, I spent most of the day sitting in Dale's garage, listening to Dale's explanation about what had gone wrong. 
In the end, I was surprised when Dale handed me a large shoebox full of papers and $50. In the box were all the papers Dale maintained concerning the Dale car and his agreements with Liz. Dale told me to rent a safe deposit box and to keep the papers safe until he requested their return. The, <laughs> the only requirement was that he did not want to know anything about where the safety deposit box was, where the key was, or where bank it was stored in. Oh, jeez. He told me he was afraid that someone might try to come, come at him or be coming after the papers. My wife went down to the Security Pacific Bank in Canoga Park, California, and rented a safety deposit box, which held the papers. Some newspaper stories claim that Dale, at a criminal trial held in Liz's honor, said he still believed in Liz. I did not attend this trial, so I am not willing to confirm yay or nay if Dale made the statement. One thing is for sure, Dale had purchased a blue Dodge pickup truck for his transportation, and in his truck, in the glove compartment, he carried a handgun that he had never owned before. Huh. So, I mean, he was like, someone shot the PR guy. Right. He got kicked out and locked out of the place. He's not, in deep. He's in deep. I mean, he, he imagine, right? Yeah, and Dale. I mean, he's like seeing everything he loved fall apart. Right. You know, he, everything he'd worked for. He's like forty-five years old. He's in the. It, it's well, at this point. It's like, what else are you going to do? It's a complete one hundred and eighty because you go from thinking that all your dreams are coming true and you're able to work on this project. You're kind of you know your brainchild, and you go from that to like fearing for your life in this con. Right. So yeah. Again, I, I feel bad for Dale. I think he was a bit naive throughout the whole thing, but that sucks. Well, his dream was supposed to be coming true, right? So, exactly. I mean, that's that's what I was, mean. That's why he was naive. Despite all this, they were still working on the cars while all this is going on. <laughs> I think I think Liz must have been like, guys, we have to keep working. Otherwise, they'll know. Right. Like, we have to keep making some sort of progress. Because it's not against the law to build a shitty product. True. Right? So, it's... Um, I don't know. I'm, I just... Well, I, yeah, she's just trying to keep the con going, I think. Right, yeah, she had to. Rambling. Yeah, it's not and against so a lot of... you got to keep pretending to build a car. So they were trying to figure out how to make the transmission work with a single rear wheel. Okay. And uh, the other problem they were working on the time was that uh, they figured out that windows that rolled up and down were hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but think about it. I mean, that's a lot of work to get, like, the mechanism with the scissor thing that goes up and pushes the window up into the thing. Yeah, I mean, why that's... don't they just outsource this stuff? Like, if I was going to try to build a very cheap vehicle like this, I would say, okay, transmission, let's look at what, like, Morgan, a three-wheeler, had done before, right? Mm -hmm. And for cheap windows, I'll, I'll find the cheapest manufacturer I can, go to, like, the Kia parts supplier and be like, okay, we want to buy 50,000 of your window cranks and we'll integrate them here i i don't know i don't think they were that i mean a bunch of ex-cons right no okay i mean how are we how, I'm, I'm just saying i feel like i could do a better job at building the dale car basically they were just trying to build anything that the press could see as a real car at this point you know what i mean they just needed something to show the press to get the legal to keep stuff the charade going to keep the charade going and, and um keep legal off their back right Investigators, suspecting fraud, began to question if the Dale car was ever intended to be a mass-produced car or simply a ploy to fleece unsuspecting investors. Some of those who had plunked down the money were having second thoughts and began, began calling the office only to find the phones had been disconnected. <laughs> Personal appearances were met with a locked door. The court swung into operation and made sure the doors remained locked. Several of the employees were permanently forced to stop violating federal securities law in conjunction with the promotion of the Dale car. The complaint brought by the Securities and Exchange Commission was acknowledged and backed up with a restraining order being applied to Liz. The California Corporations Department pounded the final, final nail in the coffin of the 20th Century Motor Car Company operation in California. 
The operation in California received a cease and desist order on all sale of all types of securities in exchange for the promise of future performance by the company. This came in the form of an injunction that involved five of the company's employees. So basically it was like, that's it. You're done. Well, I'm trying to remember, too, you mentioned that they went to Nevada, of course, because that's where you go to do shady things. And that's where they were basically selling shares of the company without any sort right. of like legal structure behind it. Right. So maybe is that kind of what the SEC is going after, it sounds I'm like? Not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but regardless, now we have federal. We're, we're done. Yeah, yep, it's, it's, pulled the rug out. Yep. Because the company was incorporated in Nevada, a United States district judge, because they were doing business across state lines. Oh, sure. So um, then it's a federal. That's what I'm assuming here. A United States district judge was set, sitting on the case filed by the SEC. The results of the company's employees and by any of the company employees and provided for a financial audit going back to day one, which was early in 1974. No money from any of the bank accounts was dispensed for any reason. It's my guess Liz did not pay heed to this order. So basically they were like, you can't withdraw money, you can't deposit money, you oh, can't sure. transfer money. They're trying to freeze the accounts. Trying to. I'm Maybe it was... How do you... It, I feel like if if the government were to freeze your and I accounts, we wouldn't be able to get money out. I don't know in the 70s it was that easy. True. You know, think about if you have a multiple bank branches, you got like 10 bank branches. Yeah. There's no like email like, hey, by the way, this Liz Carmichael person can't withdraw any money. It's just, it must have been harder. I don't know that they had, com- they didn't have a computer system back then. Right. So they could have just walked in and withdrew the money. You did multiple branches. I mean, that stuff had to take time. I'm I mean, sure it's it not did. instantaneously like it is today. So did she empty out the accounts? Nobody knows where the money is. Yep. It's she gone. emptied out the accounts. <laughs> it's gone. Well, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, while all this was playing out, Liz completely closed down the operation in California. The Dale that was being assembled in the facility there was close to being completed to the point where it could actually be driven. All the necessary parts and equipment required to make the car run were shipped along with the car to Dallas where work continued. Oh, geez. Okay, so they went to Dallas. Yep. Um, so in 1974, the car rolled out for the media, and it ran. Was this the Briggs and Stratton engine still? But it did not shift. Okay. Um, basically, it was an it was a, it was a failure. I mean, it, the, nobody showed up, nobody cared, and it was it's probably pretty unlikely that it was ever seen running ever again. This is basically right. the last gasp. This is it. Sure. The powers that be in Dallas had finally had enough and opened a court hearing based on the assumption that the intent to produce a car for public consumption was indeed a fraud. Mm-hmm. An engineer testifying for the prosecution described the car as handmade, containing parts from other cars, and powered by a motor used for a portable generator. That would yep. be the Briggs & Stratton engine. There it is. So um, that was that's basically it. Once Texas was like, nope, you're done, that was that was the end of it. Right. Um, Liz was finally arrested in, okay. in Texas. She registered six feet tall and over 200 pounds. Um, but she was still a pretty good looking gal, right? I think so. No, <laughs> she was fingerprinted and her real name was revealed. Jerry Dean, Michael, <laughs> Jerry Dean. I, I've got a picture of him right here. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. I, this just, this totally went by me. This You're is, telling me Liz is a man. Liz is a man. Liz is a man this entire time. <laughs> this entire time. Liz is a man. This, I've got a picture here. That is uh, Jerry Dean Michael. So Geraldine is Jerry Dean. Geraldine is, is Jerry, Jerry Dean. Is Jerry Dean. I did not and, see this coming, Chris. And listen to this. Michael? Car Michael. <laughs> car. Car Michael. Yeah. For a car company. So Wait, it's Geraldine, what's... Jerry Dean, and Car Michael for car company, Car Michael. 
So it's Liz Carmichael. Oh, right. So she literally just put car in front of her real last, his real last name. Yes. I'm, I'm so confused here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Liz, the con artist, is a man. Is a man. So this is like the con. And my assumption that, well, she must have been good looking to get everyone's attention and everything else. She couldn't have been that good looking because she's a man. <laughs> that is right. So uh, good, wow. on, good on you for thinking she was reasonably good looking, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I obviously hadn't seen a photo yet. I'm just trying to figure out how she did all this. And wow. Well, well maybe maybe it was a really good, like, maybe he looked really good in drag. I don't know, Chris. It, it could, it's entirely possible. Um, so she was hiding as a woman to escape a counterfeiting charge. So that's kind of why she decided to be a man. And in this entire time... Hold, hold on. No. Decided he to be a decided to be, be a, a woman because right. he was a con artist. Right. Jerry, not Geraldine, <laughs> Jerry Dean was a... I love it. Was a con artist <laughs> who was hiding from the from some other charge yeah. and decided to cross-dress as a woman yes. and then started another con yes. that is the Dale Carr. That's correct. Wow. Yes. And this goes deep. What's even better is he's still married... And has five kids. Oh. So. So he's a deadbeat father as well. <laughs> he, well, <laughs> not really, actually. No? Yeah, he actually stuck by his kids. Which oh. Is, um, so basically what happened is he got uh, sent to California, back to California, because they had harsher laws for this kind of thing there. Right. So they extradited him. Yep. Um, basically what he was, what should we do here? She, it's she. I don't get Okay. I don't so get we'll do it. she, because it's what he wants. Um, so. <laughs> We'll say when she they, when they arrest what he wants. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yes. Um, when <laughs> all right. So when Liz, we've been referring to her as Liz this whole time. So we'll just go with Liz. Yo. So when Liz was caught in Texas, her job was selling uh, flowers to kids. Wait, when she was caught in Texas, this is what she was doing when she was caught in Texas was selling flowers to kids. But she was also running the Dale Company in Texas, right? Okay, I'm just telling you. This oh, is, I don't understand. What? Okay. Selling like bouquets of flowers? Bouquets of, she had set up a wholesale account and was selling bouquets of flowers on the street. Was she conning children now? I, I'm honestly not sure. Okay. That um, seems very were, random that that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Okay. I, I can't answer why. Um, so I, what I did is after that, every, every internet story just basically dies. Okay. So everybody's like, that's what happened. She got arrested. But there's more to the story I than wanna, that. Yeah, I want some closure. Um, so yeah. I had to go through and dig up like old newspaper articles and okay. like I bought like an episode of Auto Week from like 1974 and like I tried so to... So you did some legwork here. I did some legwork to find this and some of this stuff I, I've, I've got scanned and it's really hard to see and really hard to read. So bear with me. It's If you look at the pixels, it's it's tough. It's a little tough. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, such good news traveled fast right back to California. The day the story ran, the newspaper heard from investigators who said Carmichael must have forgotten to mention that the 20th century was essentially run out of town. Within a week, Dallas, Dallas authorities, who do not like to be made fools of, issued warrants for 10 company employees, including Carmichael, for conspiracy charges. She went down fighting. Look, this is a private war between me and Detroit's big three, she said the day after the warrants were issued. Hmm. I'm going to beat the hell out of them, and I never expected them to take it lying down. I want to emphasize that it is the public that's being attacked. My competition wants to rob them of all we've got to offer. She hinted at conspiracy, at spies within her own organization, and sabotage in her non-existent <laughs> factory. Does that sound familiar? I was just going to say, <laughs> if you, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. That's basically what Elon Musk just says happening in his company. Yeah, he's is he going to come out as a sabotage. woman? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So 
Um, in January 1977, after an eight-month trial, Carmichael, Carmichael was found guilty on s- serious counts of grand theft and uh, grand theft and violating the state corporation's code. For the next three years, the young blood, the district attorney, whom Carmichael called a quote unethical, lying, slimy individual who has taken a per- personal interest of vindictiveness towards me, handled the case's appeals. Most of these were based on her attorney's assertion that because Carmichael would not fit comfortably into a men's or women's prison, she should just be sent home. (laughs) Sure. That sounds like a reasonable defense. Yeah, okay. Power testified as an expert witness. This is an engineer. Power testified as an expert witness for six days at the Los Angeles trial. On his last plane flight home, he jotted down his thoughts on a yellow legal pad. And this kind of will tie into what you were thinking earlier when you were like, what? Okay. I have been cross-examined by the defendant who is not a defendant, by a counsel who is not a lawyer, who is president of a company that does not exist. The woman who is not a woman sold a car that is not a car. <laughs> <laughs> In late 1980, the appeals ran out and Carmichael was ordered to appear before the judge for sentencing to what probably would have been one to ten years in jail. Carmichael never showed up. Hmm. So um, basically, she got convicted and, yep. and, and jumped bail. For so for thirteen years, I was going to say, did we ever find him? Her thirteen years later. All wow. Right. So what um, year does that bring us to? Nineties. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Nineteen seventy four. Thirteen. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, until April nineteen eighty nine, Carmichael hid out. Young doll heard she was living near Phoenix for a while, then Houston, but the information never led to an arrest. Enter Robert Stack and unsolved mysteries. Did you ever watch Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah. Yeah. So they, she was on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, on April 5th, 1989, the show aired a segment about Carmichael, and almost instantly, the show's, the show's toll-free phone line lit up with calls. Oh, geez. Yeah. So now I've got a, a, an, an article from uh, the Miami Herald um, from 1989. Okay. Um, this will kind of describe how that all went down. Um, this this is the one that's actually really hard to read, so I actually have to put it right next to my eyeballs, so I can so I can read the tiny. You might need to change out your glasses for reading glasses here yes. soon. Miami Federal Bureau of Investigation fugitive Jerry Dean Michael, alias Texas fugitive Elizabeth Carmichael, lived the last few weeks in hiding with his wife of seventeen years and their five children in a rented home. Michael, his bleached blonde hair in a ponytail and wearing only a bra and panties, was flushed out from behind a bedroom curtain early Saturday by a Miami police dog named Otto and his handler, <laughs> Officer Richard Kinsey. I love how they give credit to Otto. <laughs> yeah, Otto. Well, he found him. Her, I wonder if he her. got he found her. I wonder if he got the money. The, the, Otto, the dog. The Otto Lots the dog. of bacon tricks. Treats. Yeah. He didn't resist. He was very gentle. His hair was a mess, but I've seen women <laughs> who look like that. <laughs> An FBI agent read Michael his rights and told him to put on some clothes. He donned a pink pantsuit and was taken to the Dade County Jail where he was placed <laughs> in a one-man cell. Michael, 47, wanted on a 13-year-old blah, blah, blah. So we're going to skip that stuff. We already know what happened. We've just been talking mm-hmm. about it for three weeks. As Liz Carmichael, he was president of the 20th Century Motor Car Company. A transsexual, he had been in the process of changing from man to woman for the last eight years, according to his wife, Vivian, 34, who married him as a teenager and remains loyal. Wow. You have to know Liz, she said Saturday. You would have had to have known Jerry. A really fine person, sincere, hardworking. We love her as much as we loved him. I almost went crazy over it and then realized more than ever I needed him here. With him and the children, he was a good mother as well as a good father. 
Michael posed as the children. Michael posed as the children's widowed mother in California and Texas. Both he and his wife vow that the experimental car works. His wife calls him the victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. It was never having enough money in this to start a business right. The car business was good. It was legitimate. The big car companies were trying to put him out of business at all costs. The car was real. People were working on it 24 hours a day, including Jerry. We had just rented the building that was to re- that was to be the new research and development lab here in Texas. We didn't even have time to get unpacked. Her eyes are swollen from crying at this point, it says. They locked the business with no warning, seized the bank accounts, and filed warrants for everybody's arrest. There was no way to fight it. If he'd have been able to stay, we could have saved the business, but he knew if he did, his identity would have become known. <laughs> Michael fled Texas with the children in a 1971 station wagon. She followed later in another station wagon. <sighs> Mrs. Michael was attempting to start one of the station wagons Friday afternoon so she could sell it to buy food. An, an FBI agent... I can't read that part. Said the house was surrounded. Michael was inside. So we're back to the, the arrest now. Right. Michael was inside. He went out the back way. Somehow he got by them again, Mrs. Michael said. Just imagine him like hopping out a window and running away. I'm really confused with the Let pronouns me, here, though, first of all. We, we keep popping from, it's hard. from he to her. And, and Mrs. No, Michael. No, even and, the article, though. It's not you. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, continue. Agents searched the house and then called for county police and Miami police dogs. They searched a nearby wooded area with no luck. Enter auto. With no luck, at midnight, they decided to return to the house. Michael had returned there 14 minutes earlier, his wife said. As FBI agents took him away shortly after midnight, Michael told his wife to take the children and go home to Indiana. Hmm. She was left with $2 and five hungry children. An eviction notice arrived Friday, and the electricity was shut off on Saturday. She could have gone on, and maybe they never would have found her. She came back because of the kids and me. She knew I had no place to go. I still have no place to go, but at least I'm not running anymore. So that's how it all went down. Wow. So uh, so do you think uh, Jerry, Geraldine, um, you was conning look, do you his... Want this, do you want to look at this picture closer? Sure. I'll Can... try to describe it for our listeners. So we have both uh, Jerry as well as him as Geraldine. Yeah, not an attractive woman. I'm going to say no. <laughs> you, you take it back? One. I do take that back. Again, that was just an assumption that she was like able to pull such a huge con. I don't know. Um <laughs> I didn't remember where I was going. Oh, do you think um, he, she was also conning his family? Like the fact that all this money went missing and now he's living on the run with his family. But there's, his no, wife, but there's no money. There's where no is money. The, where I know. is the money? But Where's also the money? his wife is so convinced that everything was real. Like, But she also knew that he was a con man before he was Geraldine. I have I I don't know I, I just want to know where the money went. But before I want to talk a little bit more about Dale and what happened to Dale. But before we do, we've yeah, got uh, we do, one more ad for you guys. We do. We should talk about further performance. These guys are a local Twin Cities based automotive specialist, and you know I, I keep saying these guys really love European cars. That they're actual enthusiasts and they're enthusiastic about your car that you're going to bring in, and that's the people that you want working on your car. You know because they really have the passion. So whether you're going to have uh, some maintenance work done, a full restoration, those guys. Guys love air-cooled cars. They have always have some cool cars down by the shop. Yep. Um, or, you know, an engine build or anything to that effect. You really should check them out. Further performance, you can find them at fptuned.com. That's F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. So a lot of stories like this have, like, a silver lining. Okay. Yeah, this one doesn't, really. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz died in 2004. 
Okay. But that's all I could find is that she's dead. So she's gone. In prison as I, a woman? I don't... I Probably in prison? Yeah, I imagine in prison. Okay. I would think so, because in 1989 she was arrested, but she was only going to have one to ten years in prison, but that she ran. Right. So then you still have to serve that one to ten years, but then also the bail jumping charge and everything else. I, don't so know I imagine how that works. But anyway, she's dead. Yep. Which maybe she's still alive. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, there you go. There's the a twist. Because I could find no information, and the only information I could find was that one of her grandchildren said that she had died. That's it. Wow. That's literally it. So okay. I, I have no idea what happened to Chris, happened to her. I am Geraldine. Well, I I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I was gonna make some sort of comment about your looking your, good for my age. Looking good for your well, she was six foot and you're like five three. So I, I had surgery in Russia. <laughs> they removed a foot from my legs. <laughs> so Dale went on to find that uh he founded the Dale Development Company. Wait, Dale isn't done? Dale's not done. We're going to talk a little bit Circling more Circling back him. to Dale, okay. I just want to talk about Dale and what happened with his life. And Yeah, we felt bad for Dale. Felt bad for Dale. But why did he use anything with the word Dale in it? So he, Damn it, Dale. So it, now he's the, the, Dale, the Dale Development Company? Yes. At this time, <laughs> wouldn't, you, at this point. wouldn't you move on from the whole Dale thing entirely? Why would you still be the Dale I anything? Know. I mean, it's his name, but... His name's last name's Clift. Couldn't have been the Clift Development Company. That would have made more sense. I don't know. Um, so he went on to get a lot more patents. One, the one that you will know is the GoPed. The GoPed. That's the little scooter with like the little two cycle engine on the back. Oh yeah. He basically invented that. You know, when we talked about in the first episode, he's really into motorcycles and stuff like that. So right. he put like a little chainsaw engine on the rear wheel and he would drive it around. <laughs> yeah. That was his, that was his patent. They still make them today. Um, but he still desperately wanted to design a car. Okay. And then he died of cancer at oh. 49. I really thought you were going to go somewhere else with this. He never realized his dream. He, he just died. And he died of pancreatic cancer at 49. Well, that um, sucks. He, he kept on working throughout the cancer and kept trying to do his thing and that's it he just never he just never made it this liz basically hijacked his life right for how you know for 10 years and all or the money and everything else everything he never got paid for any of that work i think like i said uh last week he got like two thousand dollars that's all he ever saw from any of this wow so truly the biggest con in automotive history wow well thank you for that story that is super interesting i still can't believe that twist there that <laughs> The Geraldine was Jerry Dean. That's so I love that was so creative. Like that's creative, but not as creative as Car Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does that that's mean gonna be, it's gonna be a car company? What can I do? Um, um shit. Uh, uh oh, Car Mike, Car Michael. Yeah, Carmichael. it's like when you're on the spot sitting there and you just look around the room like uh, the lamp, <laughs> lamp chair. I, I, I'm I'm Lisa Lamp Chair, Lamp Char, Lamp Char. Yeah, I'm French. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, we're gonna let you go. Please hop on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Spread the word that we're on Spotify now, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, We'll touch on that a little bit next week. Um, Enjoy your weekend, guys, and take care.